Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are, but most importantly, I hope that you are safe wherever you are in these times of coronavirus. I mean, this is, uh, it's crazy how this has expanded all over the place. And yeah, be careful, follow the guidelines, you know, um, wash your hands, try to avoid big crowds and work from home if that's possible for you. Anyway, I'll expand on the topic next week. So for now, let's focus on today's episode and our guest of the day, that is Kofi from 400 Pound Elephant. We met on Instagram and actually met a bit later at FinCon last year on the first day of the conference. Kofi has been debt-free for three years now and has also become a financial coach next to his full-time job, which is awesome by the way. His goal is to help people get out of debt and empower them with the right financial education and coaching. Together we will dive deep into the topic of living a valuous lifestyle, what that means and why Kofi chose this lifestyle. Secondly, we will debunk the idea that because one has a high-earning profession, such as doctor, lawyer, dentist, etc., one should automatically know about all things money. And last, we will discuss why status will kill the American dream, or in more general terms, how the pursuit of status will impair your finances. This episode is for you if you are looking at understanding what drives us to pursue status, and yes, this has applied to me and may sometimes uh, still do, (laughs) and what drives us to compare ourselves to our peers, and as well how to find ways to stop doing that. All in all, it's a pretty pleasant conversation, we laugh a lot, we go deep into some topics, we get personal, but most of all, I'm pretty convinced you'll get a lot of value from it. So let's not wait any longer and let's jump right into it. Hello, Kofi. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. And um, great to speak to you after, uh, I think, almost five, six months now since... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a little while since FinCon. Yeah, exactly. Since the conference. And uh, yeah, great to talk to you. Kofi, you are uh, actually the owner behind... Um, the founder of a 400 pound elephant. What exactly is that? Uh, 400 pound elephant is a company that I founded um, and stretch and desire to help uh, young millennials pay off debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goal is to inspire generations to be debt free. So um, after my own journey with paying off debt, um, there was just a great need, I think, to help people with this entire piece. And so I started it and just fully into being in the community, being in the schools, and then doing coaching with people one-on-one over budgeting and helping people pay off debt, uh, primarily six-figure or mainly student loan debt and consumer debt. Okay, so you're a financial advisor or financial coach? Financial coach, financial coach. Mm -hmm. I think you have a great story about the name for 100 pound elephant, but let's leave that to the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, what I wanted to uh, ask you, um, Kofi, and why I I brought you to the the podcast is that you live, according to your own words, a valuous lifestyle. And I was curious to hear about that. What does that mean? And how does that impact your finances? So values lifestyle is, is my commitment to mission statement. So values is someone who spends their time and money consistently with their values. So um, for me, 
it's important I have a line item of what's important to my life with, you know, my personal religion, with my family, education, giving back to the community. So Mm -hmm. if it's not in line with something that is not valuable to me, then I don't uh, particularly care for, for spending money on it. So sometimes going out, I know people like going to happy hours. Personally, I don't drink. That's not, that's not my thing. So, you know, if I'm out and, and, I feel like I have to buy things because I'm around people. Um, I just prefer to spend my time outside of that space. Family is really important to me. My niece the other day said, hey, I'm starting college. I need a computer. And I sent money to her because that is very aligned with my personal values is my family, my time with them and my money and my treasures go to them. So Bella's lifestyle is just aligning your time and your finances with things that are important to you. Yeah, and those are great examples, but uh, just a question to me, uh, sorry, to you. Uh, Has that always been like this for you? I mean, you mentioned uh, going out and having to buy drinks, (laughs) having the feeling you needed to buy drinks. Were you drinking before? I mean, were you partying before or did you, (laughs) I don't know, just, 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 uh, I want to see where, where things change for you. Uh, So I'd say things change for me. Um, I don't think that I ever really succumbed to that stuff in the past, which is what really helped me with my journey to to FI, um, was that I I never was one to go out and and party and spend money in that space. But to a large degree, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and it is a beautiful city to live in. Aesthetically, people are beautiful. People (laughs) go out, they have a good time. And when I moved here, to some degree, I, I, I'll i never forget my very first suit that I bought was from Bloomingdale's. And it was about maybe $600. And I have yet to purchase a suit that that's expensive. I bought a tie and a pocket square. And to me, I think in the past, a lot of my values was trying to look apart. Mm-hmm. If, if I have to be totally honest with myself, uh, part of my past was trying to look the part. And I think as I got older, what became more important to me was who I was. So more so being in line with maybe not having a very expensive suit, but having nice slacks, you know, nice jeans, um, a nice jacket, things of that nature. Things that I spent money on in the past were just a lot of clothes. I looked at my closet, I would go and I would buy socks that would be 10 or $12. And as I started getting into my personal finances, I would look at my student loan item and how much per diem I was accumulating a day. And I would say, man, these socks that I'm buying for $12 are as much interest as I am accumulating on my debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being single and going out and dating was another thing. You know, I was looking to meet somebody and that was that that had its own expenses that came with it. And that piece was was something that I had to juggle with i'm personally a homebody i like to be out in spaces seeing people so i didn't really enjoy the hundred dollar dinners because i was out at a table around a lot of people putting on something and really i didn't have a hundred dollars for dinner when i moved to atlanta i just graduated from college so (laughs) yeah that was that was that was an expensive ticket item for me it was really expensive for me and it wasn't aligned with my value uh, maybe if I would have went to a nice hole in the wall place and if I would have met somebody who loved hole in the walls, then that would have been a line more. So my values of spending space were one, 
um, I have the money to, to do it and be comfortable and not leave out after that date saying, man, how am I going to pay off this credit card bill versus now in a space um, with, with somebody um, where I can go to a nice hole in the wall without judgment, without feeling any way. So I'd say probably the biggest things to me in the past were uh, just social items and trying to be the part and really coming into uh, comfort with who I am and understand that, hey, if you want to be around me and you want to enjoy, you know, life uh, just together as friends, is whatever, then you come with accepting that I have values and things that I stand behind with my personal finances. And people that are with that um, are okay with, with who I am. And a lot of that is giving back to the community, community service, and uh, people that spend time and are like-minded generally tend to click much better. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see exactly what happened because it's a bit similar as me. I mean, uh, I still like my uh, glass of red wine uh, with my steak and I like to I like to go to a nice restaurant. I don't have uh, yeah. issues with that, but it, to me, it's, uh, it's nice. It's a part of experience of life. And uh, yeah, it depends a bit. And I like to buy clothes that look good and uh, quality clothing. But of course, in back in the, let's say in my 20s, Yeah, I would buy stuff and just to look nice, just to, to go somewhere just because people were going somewhere and, uh, you know, just the dating scene and the whatever. And now, okay, I still uh, do those things, but a bit less, a bit more, uh, how can I say, more intentional, more uh, with more conscience, I would say. So yeah. um, just trying to prioritize the spending. And then what for you has changed? I mean, you, you say, yeah, I was doing these things, but... Through the years, uh, my um, spending changed. I mean, I was looking at my credit card yeah. bills, etc. And I mean, my spending patterns evolved. Was there some significant event or is it just over the yeah. years uh, naturally that uh, you changed this to, yeah, let's say looking the part, but then also being more confident with yourself and trying to spend with an alignment to your values? Uh, so I think you hit it on the head. It was, it's a bit of both, right? So. Mm -hmm. Is, is we get older, we come to mature. And for me, on my path to being um, financially independent and paying off debt, once I had a better understanding of how I was spending my money, I came to a, st I came to a space where if it doesn't bring value or joy, I don't spend my time or my money with it. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't bring me value or joy, then I don't spend my time with it. And, and what I mean there is, is I still wear, I wear a jacket and a blazer to work every single day, right? So I didn't completely let myself go. But I think it was, you hit it right on the head, is I matured a little bit. I became more confident in knowing that I don't have to wear a $500 suit to be presentable. I don't have to, you know, uh, hang out in certain types of places to be accepted. Um, I, I think I found a group of people who are like-minded and serving the community and progressing our careers. And I think that that piece just coalesced where I didn't find myself trying to be part of a scene. I think part of that just came with age because when you're young and you're in your 20s, when you're young and you're out and about uh, versus when you start to think more so about your long-term future and goals, I think those things just get aligned a little bit more. For me, once I became debt-free, I thought about helping other people with it. And I know that I can't really continue on my quest 
if I am spending heavy. I'm not, I've never been a big consumer. And once I cut that piece down and I started looking at my values and where those things align, it just made it so much easier for me to be at peace with every single dollar that I spend, everywhere that I go. I know the value that's behind it. The time is very intentional. And I just think a part of that comes with discovering this community of how we met and uh, discovering what's important to you. And when you have those people that are around you who align with that, it makes life so much easier. And so I would just say in short, it's really a combination of two of time and my journey to, to five. Yeah, well, great. Thanks for uh, the, the things, uh, for the tips. I think it's very, how can I say, inspirational and it's very actionable as well for the listeners who absolutely who, who may be struggling with, with this. And uh, of course, it's easy to, to follow the, the herd, to follow the trends. It's not easy to unfollow, actually, uh, especially in your 20s when everybody's a bit uh, looking for a partner, trying to hang out and party. It's It's normal to... It's normal. I mean, I've been there, you've been there, so it's normal. But then, then yeah, try to look at what's important for you in the end. Huh? Yeah, and, and if to, to people that, that listen out there, I wish, I wish in my 20s that I'd hit this thing early because I would have put so much more in my 401k. I would have put so much more in my Roth IRA. I would have found a high-yield savings account. I would have had made so many different financial changes that would have advanced uh, that fire piece, right? That early retirement. If I was financially savvy in my early 20s and if I had really aligned, but that's that's the thing about life, right? Is you don't you don't figure it all out at a young age. But you and for me, I've been very blessed and very lucky to have people who have come and put their arm around me and say, hey Kofi, look into this. Hey, Kofi, read this. Hey, Kofi, I want to help you with this. And and I think that's the essence of, of why we're both here is really to help people like truly in the core of all of this, when you strip all of this away at the heart of it and at the core of it is trying to help people discover um, really being more at peace with with who they are and understanding that, hey, if you manage these things that are important to you with your time and your finances, they help you uh, get to a better place of whether it's retiring early, um, to leaving your, your job, to spend time with things that you love and doing. Um, if I'd had this message earlier, I could have, my trajectory would have been different, but I believe I'm right where I'm supposed to be so I can help people, so I can share my story, so I can be very honest and transparent. Mm -hmm. Very good. And did you become a financial coach uh, right after uh, college, right after your studies, or did it? Did you have a, another job in between? Yeah. So actually, it, so when I graduated from college, it took me several. It took me several years, and and we'll get into the piece of me reaching by and paying off my debt. Um, but in between, I, I had several different careers. When I when I graduated from college. I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer, and so I studied for the LSAT. Um, I took it several times. I won't share my score to, to embarrass <laughs> myself or anybody that I know, but I never... So, the, I, the, so just the, the LSAT, I mean, I watch Suits, so it's kind of an entry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so uh, that's kind of an entry exam to, the, to access yeah. the law profession or studies? Yeah, so it's the 
law school, you know, admissions exam that you take. And um, I, I didn't do particularly well on that. And so uh, my my dream since I was, I don't know, as long as I was young of saying I was going to be a lawyer. And in my first job, I worked as a security uh, officer. I just graduated. I was studying full time for it. And at nighttime, I worked security and I studied for the LSAT all night, wake up, take practice tests. Didn't work out. After that, I had a small stint in consulting, and my primary nine to five is is a sales leader for a logistics company in in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, my financial coaching is really a dream piece of wanting to grow and wanting to help people. I believe that the large impetus of it is is understand your personal finances, knowing where your money's being spent. And whenever I work with people in that, it's just such a mind-blowing piece. So, yeah, I've had several pieces uh, that that has come before this. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned something uh, off-air. You mentioned that, you know, some people, like in those kind of liberal professions, as we, I don't know if it's the right word in English, but in, in French it's a profession libérale, which means, <laughs> which means like doctors, lawyers, you know, people that can, uh, or dentists, etc. I mean, these yeah. are kind of uh, higher educated people. Right. And you mentioned something that those people, sometimes they, um, they struggle with personal finance as well. Yeah. I, so I think the, the word in English, I think it's their, their more prestigious careers is, is I think how Americans view mm-hmm. attorneys and doctors, uh, selfless list jobs, but also very high earning potential. And the idea is because you're high earning, that you have a grasp on the financial world, that you have a grasp on stocks and bonds, 401ks, um, high yield um, investments, real estate. It is just inherent. It is indigenous of having a prestigious career to know about X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the conversation, whenever I'm talking to a lot of people in this space, is they don't have... um, maybe a space at a financial advisor or a financial coach, that type of knowledge. And I think that we have to break down these barriers of because you are in a business profession of sales or finance or because you're in a certain um, career space that you inherently have a grasp on this. Not every, It took me seven years to really get to just the floor of understanding my own personal finances And we as a culture in America, and I don't know about um, overseas what that's like, but in America, you might open up a bank account between the age of seven and 12, and you have your savings account. You graduate, you go on to college, you get a job, and in between then, so many habits are formed, and so little of those conversations are had about how to invest. So few conversations are about stocks, are about real estate are about house hacking. None of these conversations are had with us in elementary, middle, high school, college. And so it's just natural that people graduate and get, they they do the right thing of going to college, but then they have this debt and none of that is addressed. When I went to college and people that I know that are graduating from college now, none of that is addressed. So it's just natural that people don't have a high, Uh, people don't have a maximum amount of knowledge on this. And we have to acknowledge that and we have to talk about it. More importantly, we have to make it okay and say, hey, it's okay that you may not know the most about it, but there's an entire space of people who are dedicated to teaching about it. 
Yeah, it's a bit funny because for me, I, I'm actually educated in finance. <laughs> and uh, I mean, uh, okay, I've always been saving, but it, it's more like part of the habits. It's a habit. It's not that the people told me, yeah, you need to save and this and that. And and stocks and the bonds, this came a bit later. This came in my uh, in my early 30s, right. I would say. Yeah. I didn't learn this at school or anything. I mean, at university, you learn about corporate finance. You know how to do the accounting for a company, but not... The accounting for yourself, exactly. which is kind of funny, but um, and investing in the real estate. I mean, in my family, nobody is uh, uh, into investing in real estate, so it's you know it's not Likewise. something that that is being talked about. Even though people are doing well, some are uh, doctors. Uh, there's uh, some, uh, yeah, I mean, engineers with high positions, but nobody really talks about what they do with their money. Okay, it might be there might be some taboo about, around it, but. It's not something you talk about. So that's in my family. No, absolutely not. And, and in general, you know, people, okay, when you're in your 20s and you, people start to gain money and like, okay, they start dating and, and partying, but they also talk a bit about money, about, okay, shall I buy, um, shall I buy a house, etc. So then this is where it kind of starts for us. And then exactly. you, most people are like uh, considering buying a house or not, or yeah. And I would say that it even starts before that. So for me, I remember when I was in college, you have these banks, I won't name them, they come in and they're pushing, hey, get a free T-shirt with this credit card. And I work with people who are, um, let's say, senior into their career who are still paying off credit card debt from college. Oh, wow. I'm talking about 20, 30 years out, still paying. Yeah, because you get the credit card. Even I remember I was talking to my dad like a couple years ago and he was like, yeah, when I came to America... I got the credit card and then every month it said minimum payment five months and then each month the uh, a balance would go up. And that is a natural thing. Even going back to college, you have these credit cards that are pushed on people mm -hmm. without proper knowledge and education about it. And then you graduate into a workforce and you have a decent paying job. And then what do you do? You go and you buy a nice car. You move into the nicer part of town. So now your living expenses are, are very high. You're driving a nice car because, you know, you should feel comfortable with what you drive. But people aren't talking about the interest that you're going to pay on it. People aren't going to talk about the lifeline of the loan. And people don't talk about the fact that your housing should be about 30 to 35 percent of your income. These are not pieces that we are talking about. We get the credit cards. They have the points. They have the airline mile protection. They have the travel points. But there's a whole other world that isn't discussed. And I think that that's what starts to tear at the seams of where people should be really focusing on saving and setting up for the future. We just don't have a starting point. We don't have a place where we start. And I think a lot of those habits start in college. And unfortunately, they're not broken until you have to start paying off the debt. And that's a whole nother space where you have to figure things out. So um, it, it just it just varies, man. It's just not set up right. And I think it's it's set up in a way where it's taboo, like you said, to talk about money. It is even even at work when people see me talk, reading about personal finance in a break room, they'll come and they'll, they'll talk to me about it. But it's not an open conversation. And it's just where we need to be. We need to understand this piece really to set up for our future. Uh, because retirement is coming, and when I do debt, when I do calculations about the cost of retirement, 
is it's they're real things that come with the future that I don't think we have a strong foundation of to even build up to that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And to give you um, the European version, at least the credit card thing, that's it's better than in the US because uh, I don't think it's pushed that much here. We don't have the all those online points, so that's uh, that's the sad part. But okay, at least you know in college we, we didn't have. I mean, I didn't have debt because I didn't have a credit card, so that that's okay. I mean, some people get into credit card debt, but it's not. I don't feel it's as big as uh, as in the US. Oh, so no. so that's kind of good. But still, we there's still a lack of um, good solid uh, personal finance um, foundation. Yeah, I mean the the credit card. I, that's that's great to hear. But you look at things like um, healthcare costs and uh, hospital bills and medical bills. Sometimes maybe you start a new job and you get sick. You go to the hospital and they come and they ask you how you're going to pay for it. And that 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 door starts as soon as you swipe that credit card. Credit card debt accounts for so much um, of, of consumer debt in this country. And it's interesting to hear that that's not a thing. Or, I mean, I would that would be such a great thing that I think if young people didn't have to deal with, um, it would help people so much if this thing was not looming over a lot of Americans lives. So it's great to hear that that's not an issue that, that you guys deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of OK. But then there are some other issues that we uh, face here. I would say that, OK, so is the lack of foundation. I mean, people. They just go around and sometimes they, they don't know how to invest. So that's why we are here to help. And there's other institutions and other professionals to help. So that's good. And then there's as well the um, there's the status thing because we we live in the Western world. Mm -hmm. So then uh, status and looking nice, nice clothes, yeah. nice car. For example, you mentioned the lawyers, but, you know, for example, uh, you know, if you say, well, look, I studied finance or I'm a lawyer and you're 35. And people are like, oh, yeah, but you should drive a BMW. You should have a big house. Oh, yeah. So oh, this yeah. we have here, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the American dream and it, it's expensive. Yeah, exactly. And uh, looking for the status is something that is, uh, um, how can I say, this, not destructive, but uh, it's impairing your fi per personal finance, actually. Uh, yeah, there's there's a famous movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Keeping Up with the Joneses. And it's uh, this family that is like hired by, I don't know, big consumer companies and they pay them to drive the nicest cars. They pay them to uh, buy the newest shoes and the newest clothes and newest watches and a really nice house. And so All their neighbors, when they see the wife, you know, walking up and down the street with her new sketchers and nice outfit, they go and they buy that. They see, you know, the husband driving a brand new car, not knowing where his money's come from. They go and buy that. And it's just a destructive path of everybody trying to keep up mm -hmm. with somebody who has the newest, nicest toy. And that's, you know, just just in talking about that value piece is I'm on my own. Right. If if my finances fall apart. I'm on my own. I don't have somebody to catch me. I don't have a, a family with, with great wealth to say, hey, we're going to catch you and we're going to help you with everything. And to me, that's where it's so important is I went through a time in my life in 2013 where I was unemployed. And I remember even in that time, um, my adoptive mom had passed away and I didn't have money to buy an airplane ticket to go to her funeral. 
I drove my 2003 Acura from Atlanta to Ohio with check mix and trail mix. Um, and I didn't, I don't even think I had a smartphone to direct me. I just knew that I had to take 75 North. And that to me is when I knew that I would never be in this place again. If I try to keep up with every single person, mm-hmm. if I fall on hard times, I have to figure it out. And nobody with a nice car, nobody with a, people aren't going to openly give me out of their pockets money to live. And um, it's a very real thing when you fall into that space where you realize that, hey, you have to figure out life. You have to figure out, bills don't stop. Um, your, your mortgage doesn't say, hey, you lost your job. We're sorry, we're going to eliminate your mortgage payment. No, for of course month. not. They're, they're in business. <laughs> They're, they're, they're in business, yeah. but we don't, you know, if we don't, if we're not cognizant of those things, it can just be very impairing. And I remember going through that time, I was in a board meeting. I remember, you know, a, a peer of mine said, hey, I'll give you money for a plane ticket for your, and, and that was to me, like, I felt like I'd hit, I felt like in that moment I'd hit rock bottom. Um, I remember family member had to give me money for gas so I could drive back home. Like, I mean, and, and I'm I'm college educated. I have a professional job. How come I how come I wasn't ready for being unemployed? Yeah. You know, and and that's where that status thing is. If you put so much of your energy and so much of your time into looking apart, into having a certain car, into living in a certain neighborhood, and then the 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 rub is the rug is taken from under you, what do you do then? And so now now I know about an emergency fund. Now I know about a high yield savings account, but back then I didn't. And I think that was really the impetus where I see what the American dream is with people who, you know, have really nice things. And I say, okay, well, I'm living my own dream of having things that supplement the life that I want to live. And if I fall on hard times, I have this that will help me. And that's just not um, something that, that I really knew much about. And so that's kind of my beef with the American dream is, is sometimes you can fall on hard times without really knowing how to, how to figure things out unless you figure it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, well, thanks for sharing this uh, story. It's uh, personal and it's very, okay. It's, it really illustrates how dangerous uh, pursuing status without good financial knowledge can lead to. Yeah. 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 And uh, Kofi, I have a question for you because we have this as well here, this kind of phenomenon to compare yourselves to the neighbors, the Kardashians, the Joneses. <laughs> But uh, where do you think that comes from? I mean, okay, I've had that as well. I mean, uh, let's be honest. I mean, uh, I'm not. Uh, it's not because I'm doing a podcast that I I'm perfect with my finances and everything, and I've always right. done well, and you neither. But let's say somebody that studied with me, for example, and then now he, let's say he has a better job. And a nicer and a BMW because I don't have one. Why? <laughs> wh- why would I want a BMW or a bigger TV or a, I don't know what? Why is that? Why do we compare ourselves like this? Um, so this is probably one of the few times I can actually use my sociology major. Um, it's it's inherent of our human nature to. So you have you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So you have your shelter and you have your food and Um, past that, there's this innate thing for us to, and I, I'll speak for myself is for me, of wanting to up the next person. Like it is an ego 
and it is a pride thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think back to, you know, days when we were in, you know, in the village or, uh, you know, back in our archaic times, all you cared about was food, shelter and taking care of your family. And I think that is our imagination and is consumerism has grown to say that you belong, you are in this status, you are this high on a pedestal person, people look up to that. And I just think it has just come in like the age of consuming and the age of looking the part and the age of wanting to display your your true wealth. Um, we have now tried to one up each other. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a scary thing. It's a great question of where it comes from. For me, I can just speak for myself is, is I don't want to look like a loser. I don't want to look like a bum. Like, okay, I see, I see my peer who's doing this. Okay, well, I can, I can do that too, and I can look the part, and I can uh, uh, join the social club and be part of that. But I think for me, and, and speaking for myself, I just think it comes from a place of, uh, for some of us who don't have much, and whenever we do see that you can have more, you constantly want to chase that. Um, just to self-fulfillment of maybe something that was important to you. But once you remove the limits with a credit card, with financing, um, I think that's when it's like, oh, what? I can buy a $1,000 item on a credit card and pay for it later and uh, appear to have this status. Um, I think that for me, I can say that it was an ego piece of wanting to keep up and just measure myself up against the next person instead of measuring myself up with what I could afford. And it's, it's sad. It's, it's very, very sad, but it's in our human nature um, to want more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, when you just thinking about neighbors or people that studied with you or your friends, you know, you think, yeah, well, we're kind of the same level or something. So I need to show more. And it's, It happened to me as well. I'm back in the day. So it's, it's very, <laughs> no, but it's true. Then you, you, you buy nicer stuff, a bit nicer clothes of, uh, and then, but in the end it doesn't solve nothing. So <laughs> I don't know how I came to realize that this solves nothing and this doesn't bring any uh, extra happiness or joy, but okay. I, I know it's, it's a bit like you said, yeah, it's, it's, you took the right approach by talking about the pyramids of needs. And uh, in the last stages, you have the self-fulfilling parts or something. Yeah. And I think that's where it comes from, you know, because one-upping my neighbor or my college friends, it's like, yeah, I beat him. Yeah, I'm better. I'm good. I'm uh, the, the leader of my group. I have a Mercedes-Benz now or whatever car or a Tesla. But in the end, it doesn't bring anything. I mean, like, in the end, I'm not a passionate about cars. So why should I buy a Tesla? You know, like... <laughs> Is is that's so funny that you say that? I remember I, I was in when I was young in Atlanta. I had this friend who lived in a place called Centennial Park, mm-hmm. and every time I go over, he would never invite me inside his place. And I'm like, you know, people, it, it's his own space. And I remember a couple of years ago, I, I had dinner with him, and he was like, man, when I was living there, I didn't even. He's like, I didn't even have furniture in my place. He said I was just living there, and I had a blow up mattress, and that was it. And, I was just like, why would you move? And it's not for me to try and dissect, but you're absolutely right. Like, I don't care about a Tesla. Like, to me, a nice car doesn't mean anything to me mm-hmm. except debt and interest. And I don't align myself with that. But to me, 
you know, a nice dinner to celebrate with me and my fiance, like that to me is is more empowering. Having money in my 401k, having money saved. So when my niece is going off to college and she says, hey, I need a new computer, we don't have to start a GoFundMe. That is important to me. So why why not align myself to be able to provide for my family? And that is like, that's what's important to me. Not getting a car, not getting a brand new suit, but being able to help my family. I have an aging mom who's older and she needs money. And every time I send her money, I don't hurt any at all. Like my life goes on without a single bump. And if I don't allow, if I don't align myself right, then I'm giving my last to help her, which I wouldn't mind and I would do it. But why not have an entire community, a world, a globe who can all do these things effortlessly without going into our own, you know, bankruptcy or into low balances in our bank account just to do basic things like helping people out. So that to me is I don't care about cars, but I do care about my family. And that's why I spend my time and my money. Yeah, no, excellent. Excellent, uh, Kofi. Very good. And actually, I wanted to ask you, so I mentioned it at the start of the recording, but 400-pound elephant, where does that come from? So it's, it's the elephant in the room. Uh, when I had my first money meetup, I think 2016, there was a young young person that came to it, and they talked about how they spent $400 a month on coffee um, in their birthday month. And they said they didn't even finish every cup of coffee. And I, I just remembered saying, you know what? We all have our 400-pound elephant. We all have our one thing that we might not all open up to talk about how much we spend money on. Um, for me, it, it was food. Like in 2013, 14, I ate, I ate out every single lunch. Over the past two years, I can count on both hands the number of times that I've gone out for lunch. So, you know, it was like we all have this elephant in the room we all have this thing that we enjoy that we spend and nobody should be guilty nobody should feel bad and so 400 pound elephant is the elephant in the room uh but it just came from that and and i have to <laughs> shout out my friend marcus blackwell because you know i was telling him this he was like yeah 400 pound elephant and i was like uh, i don't know but i landed on and i went with it and and people like it so it just stuck <laughs> Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, Kofi, thanks so much for uh, sharing your stories. And uh, it was very interesting conversation. Thanks. And I think there's a lot of actionable tips that uh, we can use, we can all use um, in the community. And uh, yeah, before we close off the show, I wanted to, as usual, we um, always ask the guests the three quick fire questions. Okay. So Kofi, what is the best investment you made so far? Best investment that I've made so far was reading. Um, I know it's, it might be cliche or sound kind of corny, but uh, for me, I learned how to invest in stocks. I learned my strategy for investing in my 401k, managing all my own personal investments through Tony Robbins' uh, Master of the Money Game. Mm-hmm. Um, it is probably the most uh, influential piece that I've had. Like I think uh, the best investment that I've had is is my library card going to the library every Saturday, checking out different books on personal finance. And I just learn through reading. I don't have a, a guide or tips other than just self-learning. Um, I didn't read blogs for me. It was just uh, best investment for me has just been 
reading and spending time around people uh, who are willing to teach and who are willing to learn. You know, I share some things and they give they give some things and they share some things with me. Uh, but the best the, the best that I've uh, investment that I've had is just reading so many different books that have just given me so much different insight. Okay, excellent. And uh, quick question: What does how much does your uh, library card cost? My library card is absolutely free. Um, oh, it's free. I, <laughs> yeah, it's free. I, I mean, I don't know. Is does it does that cost for you guys? Well, I don't know because I don't go to libraries. Not that I don't. don't <laughs> I, I like to read, but I just don't have this habit of going to the library. But then that means oh, okay. that basically your return on investment is infinite. Oh, it is. Yeah, absolutely. I've every book that I've read, um, and and I love reading. It it just goes back to when I was younger, um, and and going to the library when I was in college. It just has always stuck with me. Um, but yeah, is is the best is the best card that I have in my wallet. I have different cards, but the most powerful card that I have in my wallet is my is my library card. Yeah, not your Visa or Mastercard. <laughs> no, no, it yeah. is that 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 piece has allowed me to buy into stocks like Visa, which is doing really well. So yeah, it's definitely my library card. I love it. I love yeah. it. Excellent. And I think I don't know what the prices of uh, library cards cost, but I wouldn't expect no no more than 10 or 20 euros uh, per year or something. So they're probably free. That, yeah, maybe they're guess. even free. I don't know. I have no idea, actually. <laughs> and even though books, you know, like, you know, my I, I got a present, you know, my one of my aunts uh, asked me for Christmas. Hey, uh, what would you like as a present? I'm like, Actually, <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I like to read, so give me a book. I mean, it costs yeah. nothing. And then, okay, I should have maybe said, yeah, I would like to go to the restaurant with a friend, and then, uh, then I would have gotten a, a more pricey gift. But uh, I got a book which costs thirteen euros, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's inexpensive, and you can get so much value from it. Yeah, you can use. You can get multiple use out of it. I just rented the book again. I gave it to my brother when I went to Ghana last year. He was like, "I've heard about this book." I was like, "You can have it," and I just rented it and I'm reading it again. So yeah, infinite use out of it, and those are like one of those valuous things. Is is learning is very important mm -hmm. to me. So having a free medium for that is really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And then, okay, since we're talking about books, and it's uh, my second quick fire question. What is the best book you've read or you can recommend to anyone? And it does not need to be financial, Kofi. Best book that I've read, uh, in my opinion, is The Alchemist. It's, it's a story about a, a shepherd who uh, pursues life and it just has so many uh, great. And, and I'm a big fan of, of journeys. Um, it tells a story about a man who had a golden kingdom and he gave the young boy Uh, a spoon with a piece of oil in it. Mm -hmm. And he said to explore the entire kingdom. And then the boy did that. And he said, well, did you see any of the beautiful things around you? He said, no, I was trying not to spill the oil on a spoon. He said, you didn't see any of the beauty around you. And so he made him do it again. And it's just a connector to life of just balancing out to stop and see the things that are around you. Um, the Alchemist is, is hands down uh, my favorite book. I've read it maybe three times and it's just a beautiful story about life and really chasing and pursuing your dreams. Okay, very good. And I think my friend Liana also mentioned it on the podcast. So it's like the second time already. So maybe I should look into it and I've heard it a uh, long time ago, but okay, I'll, uh, I'll rent a copy maybe if it's free at my library, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> 
It probably is. It's, it's a great, I, I recommend it to everybody. The Alchemist is, is just such a great, it's such a great book. I just read the Choose That Five book um, on the five side, and that was, a, that was a pretty good book. Okay, very good. And then last question, what is the best purchase you can recommend for under $100? Man, I'd have to say therapy. Uh, it, it cost me between $13 and $68. Um, having space for, for my mental health is, is very important. Um, I, I thought about it, man. I was thinking about things that I had bought under under $100. And um, I sat down at late and, and I've written it down. And I said, man, I think I think it's therapy, but I, I can't I can't sway from it. I think the best thing that I bought under $100 is having a space to talk to somebody um, unjudgmental, removed from everybody that I know. And, um, you know, to me, personal health is really important, but mental health is, is really important to me. And so um, that is hands down the, the best investment under $100 that I, that I can think of. Okay, very good, very good, uh, Kofi. And then Kofi, um, well, thanks again so much. Thank you for having me. Where can the, the listeners find you to, to get to know more about the 400-pound elephant? Uh, people can find me at 400lbelephant.com, 400lbelephant on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and that's actually how we connected. Was yeah, it? true. <laughs> Before FinCon, yeah. <laughs> it was. And, it's, and and I just have to say thank you so much for, for having me on here. For people that don't know, we met via Instagram. And then we connect. I was at FinCon and I was in my phone because I'm, I'm introverted when it comes to networking. And I look up and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I think that's him. And we just gave each other this big hug because it was like we never met in person. We just saw each other's social media and you were volunteering. And um, I just you're, you're such a kind person. You have oh, such thanks. a kind heart. And, and I, I really mean it. I really do mean it. If I wasn't on this podcast and somebody asked about you from wherever, um, I would I would say the same thing. You were just a really, really great guy. And when you met, when I saw you, it was. I didn't know anybody at FinCon. It was my first one. And it was just good to kind of have like a mutual friend. It was like, okay, I can talk to this person. And we met up several times. So uh, thank you so much for, for reaching out and for thinking that I, would, I bring value and for being on this show. It's, it's been a great, great conversation. I had a great time. Thanks so much. And likewise, uh, Kofi, I had a great time meeting you and having this conversation. So absolutely. Thanks so much. And we'll speak next time. All right. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Kofi. Thanks again for your um, kind words. I really didn't expect that. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's great. And um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as well, and that you learned something from it. And before we head off, here are the key takeaways. So the first one is a definition of a valuist. So a valuist is someone who spends their time and money consistently with their values whether that's family, religion, education, giving back to the community, etc. For Kofi, that means, for example, uh, no money spent at happy hours. It is all about aligning your time and finances with your values. The second point is that, yeah, we, uh, one thing that came out of the conversation is that we all have made our errors trying to look the part, going to fancy places, uh, happy hours, as I mentioned. Um, but as one matures, one gets a better understanding of how to spend your money. So don't beat yourself if you're making these mistakes or if you made those mistakes. It happens to, to everyone. It's normal. And in the case of Kofi, uh, he has now come to a point where 
If an event or a purchase doesn't bring him value or joy, he does not spend money on it. And that's what I wish for you. And I think that's a, a great way to, to define what is a valueless lifestyle. He's now at peace with every dollar spent, which is a great place to be. And part of that came with age. Next, uh, one thing that could sound surprising to you is that even people in high earning professions, I think in Europe we, we call that uh, liberal professions, probably comes from the, the French expression uh, profession libérale. That's, that's what I found on the uh, interweb at least. Anyway, so people in those functions like attorneys, doctors, dentists, etc., they also struggle with personal finance. They may have prestigious high-earning jobs, but it does not mean that they have a better grasp on money matters such as stocks, bonds, retirements, accounts, etc. It's not inherent to them to know these things, actually, because most money topics are not addressed in general because of taboos or simply because there's no culture of educating people on all the, on all the money issues. Next key takeaway, this has been repeated already in previous blog posts, in other podcast episodes and on my social media. So do not pursue status. You can keep up as much as you want with your neighbor, the Kardashians, etc. But in the end, as uh, Kofi's personal story showed, you will be on your own. Who will help you in case of financial uh, distress? It will not be the neighbors you're trying to one-up with, nor the credit card companies. Uh, as I said during the episode, they're in it for the business. So yeah, it's really up to you to secure your financials, prepare an emergency fund, etc. And last but not least, I asked Kofi, why do we have this inner drive to compare ourselves with our peers? And he referred back to Maslow's hierarchy of uh, needs model. It's indeed, and it's indeed an ego and pride thing that leads you to measure yourself against the next person instead of against what you can afford. It's in our human nature to want more. It's just normal. It's just natural. A few things that can uh, help you to overcome these comparisons is, for example, to, it's to be aware that you're actually doing it, that you're comparing yourself to your peers, your neighbors, your friends. Uh, secondly, I would say focus on yourself and be grateful for what you have. And whether that's your health, very important in these times, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, your situation, your finances, your family, your friends, uh, your occupation. So yeah, there's a lot to be grateful for. So think about that every morning when you wake up. I think it will uh, give you a good boost uh, to start your day. In short, focus on what you have instead of what you don't have. And maybe try something that you usually don't do if you're struggling with comparison is to congratulate people for their new job or uh, compliment them on their new clothing or their new car, whatever, just to try it out. Be, of course, genuine. Don't be fake in your complimenting. And tell me how it feels. I would be curious to know if this is something you, you've never done before. And the next point is then to uh, focus on yourself, to work towards where you want to be financially, with your job, with your dreams, with your goals, and embrace the journey. So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.